Everybody, it's about that time. Hate to cut off your conversations, but it's time to behave. We want to welcome our online crew. Uh, we know that you're out there. We're not sure who all of you are, but we're glad you're aboard, and we appreciate you. Uh, what do we have? Tomorrow afternoon, I have my online prayer service. Want to remind all of you about that. Uh, it's just 30 minutes. And also, we have our Wednesday midweek service meal first at 530. Uh, it's ham and fixings this Wednesday. Yep. There's a sign-up sheet over here if you like to volunteer to bring something. For that, that would be exquisite. Well, depending on your cooking skills, it, it may be exquisite, or it may be barely bearable. But but we're eager to check it out every, anyway. So, uh, yeah, we have a good time on Wednesday nights, and uh, it's not too late to jump in. And we've got caroling coming up. I understand the date I have in the bulletin is not correct. I believe Saturday is the 11th. I'll have to change that. That's my bad on that. Um, so uh, there's a sign-up sheet over here if you want to, to uh, join our little caroling crew. That would be great. I see some families have signed up, and Latasha has volunteered to sing a solo, it says. Yeah, that, that's what it says. It, the the sign-up sheet doesn't lie. <laughs> okay. All right. She's denying it. All right. Christian, what do you have? Come on up here. This is Christian. Maybe you've you've heard of him. He's our youth minister. Um, so thrifting went pretty well this, uh, actually yesterday. Um, we do have this Friday, the 19th, we do have a movie night at the church for 7th through 12th graders. And there will be pizza provided as well and also some drinks. So come on out and uh, we'll watch a movie together, probably something. Disney related. Bill and Ted? No, not Bill and Ted. I love Bill and Ted. No, I'm sorry. And uh, no, no. no. Um, and then, so after um, Thanksgiving break, we will probably, that's when the middle school um, game night will probably be rescheduled. I don't have a set date for that, but it will probably be rescheduled after Thanksgiving break. 
That's all. All right. Thank you, Christian. He really is doing a fabulous job with the youth group. And uh, if your kids aren't involved yet, uh, it would benefit them greatly to take part. All right. That's what we've got. It's uh, nearly wintertime, so there's no camp news. So uh, let's go ahead and, and pray, and we'll start our worship time. Oh, holy God, we give you all praise and thanksgiving for all of your provision, all of your qualities, God, your eternal nature and your wisdom, your righteousness, your holiness. And Lord, we, we pray that you'd help us to be more like your son, Jesus, who's the embodiment of God. Lord, we praise you that we're called after his name. And we come together in his name to fellowship with each other, to, again, spend time with brothers and sisters. Lord, we're so thankful for the gift of the church, and we're thankful that you're here with us. And so, God, help us to move according to your Holy Spirit. We pray that he would be in charge and that you'd be lifted up today. It's through Jesus that we pray. Amen. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love and mercy is so much stronger? The King of glory, the King above all kings. Who shakes the whole earth? Shines like the sun in all of its 
Hallelujah, Lord. Howdy time. Wander around a little bit and shake hands with your neighbors.
shining as the sun. Four, six through eight. In the center around the throne were four living creatures. They were covered with eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around even under his wings. Day and night, they never stop saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come.
the ushers come on down to prepare to, to pass the emblems. I'd like to ask, how many military veterans do we have present this morning? I won't ask you to stand, but we appreciate all of you who uh, have sacrificed. Thank you, guys. We do owe you a debt of gratitude, all of you who served. We just observed Veterans Day a few days ago to remember all of you who gave up years of civilian life to prepare and be ready to defend our nation's freedom. As we gather around the, the table of the Lord, we think of the freedom given to us when Jesus willingly went to the cross. Pardon me. In John 8, 31 and 32, Jesus had told the Jews of his day, if you abide in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Knowing and understanding the truth of Jesus' sacrifice gives us the opportunity to act on it and receive the gift of everlasting life. As a result, we're no longer slaves to sin. It is truth that the unleavened bread in this little meal is to bring us in touch with the body of the Lord. It is truth that the cup, the fruit of the vine, is to stand for his blood that was shed on Calvary. It is truth that if we are in Christ, we are truly free, free from sin, free from guilt, free from condemnation. And so we partake of the bread, the symbol of Christ's body. And we partake of the cup, the symbol of his blood. And we remember his sacrifice to set us truly free. Would you pray with me? Lord, we give you all glory for the sacrifice of your son. He was the most precious thing that you could have given. And you gave him for our sakes. And Lord, we, we know that we're not worthy of such a sacrifice. We're not worthy of the kind of love that you have for us. and We're so grateful, God, to help us always to remember the price that your precious son paid. It's through Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Okay, kids, off you go. I saw a cartoon last week. A kid comes into the house and sees his grandmother is opening up a package. He says, hey, Grandma, what's in the package? She says, it's a new GPS device, especially for senior citizens. The grandson says, what makes it especially for senior citizens? And Grandma says, it not only tells me how to get where I'm going, it also tells me why I went there in the first place. <laughs> and for uh, some of us, that rings pretty familiar. I wonder if Solomon found himself getting forgetful in his old age. We're in Ecclesiastes chapter 12 today, and this is part 10, the finale of our series through Ecclesiastes. And Solomon, at this time, is an old man. He's been telling the story of his search for meaning during his reign. He had tried everything under the sun to give him fulfillment, and that's the way he phrased it, everything under the sun. In other words, everything that earth had to offer. He tried nature and the natural sciences. He tried wisdom and philosophy and pleasure and materialism, fatalism, self-gratification, religion and ritual, and wealth, of course. He always had wealth. But everything he tried frustrated him. And as he approaches his death, Solomon is more and more aware of his mortality. I'm going to read from the first verse of Ecclesiastes 1, or Ecclesiastes 12, I'm sorry, verse 1. Remember your Creator in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come and the years approach, when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. Solomon is saying, give your best to God now while you're young. That's the opposite philosophy from many who want to sow their wild oats now and turn to God in their old age. Richard DeHaan tells a story about a woman named Mrs. Mack who had spoken to an attractive young woman who said that that was her plan, to enjoy life and do what she wanted. And then, late in life, surrender to the Lord. Mrs. Mack decided to teach this young gal a lesson. She cut some roses from her garden and waited a week or so until the, they wilted and faded and curled up. Then she put them in a box and she mailed them to this young lady. She was surprised to receive a dozen roses from Mrs. Mack, but she was bewildered when she opened the box and saw the condition of the flowers. But she decided they must have gotten delayed in the mail for some reason. She saw Mrs. Mack later in the day and thanked her for the surprise gift. The older woman smiled and said, I'm glad you liked them. I cut them last week and put them on my kitchen table until I noticed they were getting old and faded. I thought of you and decided to send them. She saw that the young lady appeared to be somewhat hurt by what she said. And then Mrs. Mack said, remember when you told me you planned to become a Christian? but not until you have a good time and enjoy yourself first. You're saying you want to give the Lord your life after the beauty and charm and vigor have faded and give him what is left. I thought the roses would illustrate what you're doing to the Lord by waiting. Well, the girl learned the lesson of the wilted roses, and she soon accepted Christ and began to serve him with all of her heart. I wonder if that was Solomon's plan, to live it up and have a good time and return to God in his old age. But many people who have that plan find it's not always that easy. 
Here in Ecclesiastes 12, Solomon uses some of his most creative writing to conjure up images to express his feelings about aging and death. First, we see the images of Solomon's depression. Look at verse 2 with me. He says, before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars grow dark and the clouds return after the rain. That's a partial sentence, but you can see the imagery he uses there to talk about the approaching years that have no pleasure. Solomon uses two metaphors here to describe the days of trouble in which he finds no pleasure. The first is the darkness. Just a few verses earlier, Solomon speaks of the younger, better days in terms of light and sunshine. Look at chapter 11 of Ecclesiastes, verses 7 and 8. He says, Light is sweet, and it pleases the eyes to see the sun. However many years, however many years anyone may live, let them enjoy them all. But let them remember the days of darkness, for there will be many. Everything to come is meaningless. Well, the days of darkness are now upon Solomon as he grows older. And he finds the days meaningless. And then secondly, another image that he uses for these days of trouble are the clouds. Solomon tells us to remember the creator before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars grow dark and the clouds return after the rain. We all have what you would call cloudy days. Most of us, though, can only imagine what some have gone through. Many, many years ago, during the Thirty Years' War, in fact, it was the 17th century, a German pastor named Paul Gerhardt and his family were forced to flee from their home. One night as they stayed in a small village inn, homeless and afraid, his wife broke down and started sobbing in open despair. To comfort her, Gerhardt reminded her of scriptural promises about God's provision and his keeping. And after he had comforted his wife, he went out to the garden to be alone. And he too broke down and wept. He felt that he'd come to his darkest hour. Soon afterward, though, Gerhardt felt his burden lifted and he sensed the Lord's presence. And taking his pen, he wrote a hymn that has brought comfort to many. It's not one that we use it. It's one that has kind of fallen by the wayside, but its words are so precious. Give to the winds thy fears, hope, and be undismayed. God hears thy sighs and counts thy tears, and God shall lift up thy head. Through waves and clouds and storms, he gently clears the way. Wait thou his time, so shall the night soon end. In joyous day. Turn your Bibles back to Psalm 55 if you've got them. Solomon's father, King David, experienced times of deep despair, and he journaled about these times in some of his Psalms. In Psalm 55, in the first five verses, David writes Listen to my prayer, O God, do not ignore my plea. Hear me and answer me. My thoughts trouble me and I'm distraught because of what my enemy is saying, because of the threats of the wicked. For they bring down suffering on me and assail me in their anger. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen on me. Fear and trembling have beset me. Horror has overwhelmed me. David despaired, and this isn't the, the only time in the Psalms. Many of the Psalms are written from that 
dark place in his life, but he always came back to his faith in God as his rock. Some might be tempted to say that Solomon sounds like he had a textbook case of clinical depression. Well, I won't go so far as to try to diagnose Solomon. I'm no psychologist, although I do play one on TV. And we're 3,000 years removed from Solomon just because we've recognized that there is a physical element to clinical depression today. I don't know that we can just assume that it existed 3,000 years ago. The millennia have brought more and more troubles to these physical bodies that at one time had no disease in the garden, but we have fallen a long way. It may very well be that Solomon's depression is being caused by his awareness of his own mortality. That happens to us sometimes, doesn't it? I can relate. But secondly, we see images of Solomon's decline. That's point two on your outline. Images of Solomon's decline. And not just Solomon's decline, but the decline that every one of us will face. Solomon, again, uses word pictures to represent our decline in old age. First, Solomon uses the imagery of the house in verse 3 of Ecclesiastes 12. When the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men stoop, when the grinders cease because they are few, and those looking through the windows grow dim. As I prepared this message and read this passage, I I kind of envisioned an old plantation house after the Civil War and the freeing of the slaves and The keepers of the house might be the old slaves who don't have a a place to go. And in this metaphor of Solomon's, they might be the hands in this body. And those who were once strong are stooped over and crippled up. And those kind of represent the bones of the back. There are very few able-bodied men on that plantation to run the mill's grinding wheel. And Solomon refers to probably the teeth that are growing crooked and perhaps falling out in his old body. And the women are looking out the windows as the day and their hope for the future fades with the coming of dusk. And Solomon's eyes may have been going bad. Secondly, he uses the imagery of the old men in verse 4. He says there, When the doors to the street are closed and the sound of grinding fades, when people rise up at the sound of birds, but all their songs grow faint. Solomon uses the imagery of old men. Two men were in a retirement center and they were chatting and One of them said, I'm 85 years old and I feel like I'm falling apart. How do you feel? And his friend said, even though I'm almost 100, I feel like a newborn babe. His friend said, how in the world can you feel like a newborn at your age? And his friend said, I don't have any teeth. I don't have any hair. I can't sleep through the night and I'm back to wearing diapers. I'm proud to report I still have my teeth. One out of four is not bad. And third, Solomon uses the imagery of the almond tree. Look at verse 5. When people are afraid of heights and of dangers in the streets, when the almond tree blossoms and the grasshopper drags itself along and desire no longer is stirred, Then people go to their eternal home, and mourners go about the streets. The almond tree. He's aging, 
and he's not liking it. There are four stages of life I read this week. Stage one, you believe in Santa Claus. In stage two, you don't believe in Santa Claus anymore. In stage three, you are Santa Claus. In age four, you look like Santa Claus. Excepting you ladies, of course. And then fourth, he uses the metaphor of the grasshopper. Also, in verse 5, and the grasshopper drags itself along and desire no longer is stirred. Then people go to their eternal home and mourners go to the streets. The grasshopper drags himself along. Don't you feel like that sometimes? I know some of you do. I know I do. Solomon sees himself as the grasshopper who once jumped and flitted here and there, but now in his old age... He just drags himself along. And he has no desire for the thousand women that are in his harem. 700 wives, 300 concubines. And he has no desire for them. There was a young lady who was very interested in marrying this wealthy old gentleman. After he proposed, she said, we might even have some children. And the old gent says, oh, no, my parents won't allow me to. The young woman said, what do you mean? Who are your parents? He said, Mother Nature and Father Time. (laughs) Solomon warns his readers about the years of physical decline. And finally, he describes the dread of the end with images of Solomon's death. That's point three on your outline. In verse 6 of our text, we read, Remember him, that is our creator. From verse 1, remember your creator. Remember him before the silver cord is severed and the golden bowl is broken, before the pitcher is shattered at the spring and the wheel broken at the well. Man's body returns to the dust. He's comparing an oil an oil lamp covered with the golden bowl to hide the flame. It's held by a silver chain that suspends the bowl in the air. And when death comes, the chain breaks and the lamp falls, shattering it. He compares death to the breaking of the pitcher that once grew drew water of life and the wheel of life is now broken and splintered and the will uh, the mill no longer grinds the grain man's body returns to the ground we were formed from the dust of the earth and so at the graveside service i remind everyone we return to the ground earth to earth Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Solomon, had he been a cowboy, might have said, one last ride into the sunset. How depressing if you have an under-the-sun perspective like Solomon did. But our hope is beyond the sunset. That's an old hymn that we have never used here in our worship. Uh, A lot of old timers remember that hymn. I used it, I had to learn it when I had to sing it at a graveside service many years ago. And I really liked the words. Beyond the sunset, O blissful morning, when with our Savior heaven is begun. Earth's toiling ended, O glorious dawning, beyond the sunset when day is done. Beyond the sunset, no no clouds will gather, no storms will threaten, no fears annoy. O day of gladness, O day unending, beyond the sunset when day is done. Beyond the sunset, a hand will guide me to God the Father whom I adore. His glorious presence, his words of welcome will be my portion on that fair shore. Beyond the sunset, oh, glad reunion, 
with our dear loved ones who've gone before. In that fair homeland, we'll know no parting beyond the sunset forevermore. We look beyond the sunset where the spirit returns to God who gave it. That's not depressing. That's really what all of this is about. I've said many times to people who have been at a funeral or a, a memorial service, you know, we put up with all that this life gives us. And there's a lot of good, but there's a lot of heartache, a lot of heartbreak, a lot of pain, a lot of grieving and suffering, but we put up with all of this to get there. Solomon says in verse 8, meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Everything is meaningless. Nothing is meaningless if it's for the glory of God. Some of you will recall the time, I don't know, probably a dozen years or so ago when we had Motorcycle Sunday. And we invited all our people who own motorcycles to ride them to the service and park them out front that Sunday. They wore their gear and we prayed a blessing over them and their bikes. We asked God to protect all our riders and help their machines to perform well so they'd be safe all summer. You might also remember that I rode down the middle aisle on my own sweet ride, a foot-propelled scooter. The speakers in the corners were blasting, born to be wild. Well, some people could have claimed that a church building is no place to ride a child's scooter. It's no place to wear leather jackets with chains and sleeveless t-shirts like many did. That it's no place to have Steppenwolf blaring from the sound system. But you know, all of that was used to give God glory that day. And so, let's apply this message. First of all, remember Solomon believed that everything he tried, everything he examined was useless, was meaningless, was vanity of vanities, it says in the old King James Version and the New American Standard. And those things were meaningless. They were vain on their own. But Solomon closes out the book of Ecclesiastes with words that point back to the God of Israel. Look at Ecclesiastes 12. Verses 13 and 14. He says, Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. How do we apply this? Well, don't let your view of this life be a view that is under the sun. Don't look as though all of our meaning and all of our successes and all of our completion is contained on this earth. We talked about under the sun last Sunday. Solomon had an under-the-sun view of life. We want to have a view that's beyond the sunset. And so fix your eyes on heaven. And when you're tempted to fall into depression, when you see the years pass, remind yourself that each day, in each month, in each year, you're that much closer to heaven. God will bring everything, Solomon says, into judgment. And that's something we need to remember. Parents.
apparently I'm having microphone trouble again. Are you ready for that judgment? Solomon had dabbled in all sorts of things that a man of God in ancient Israel under the authority of God had no business doing. I think he waited until later in life. Thank God that he came to his senses as we see at the end of Ecclesiastes 12 when he remembered his creator and recommended that everyone get back to their relationship with God. And we hope that he did that, but he lived like a fool for so long. Everything's going to be examined in the judgment. And that day could come at any time for any one of us. And we've seen that in recent times. Are you ready to go and face God and be examined at the judgment seat? Thankfully, everyone who's born again in Jesus Christ will be passed right through because their name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and we won't have to face the examination and the judgment. Are all of you sure that your name is written there in the Lamb's Book of Life? If not, you can have it placed there by surrendering to Jesus Christ, who will be the judge, and the judge will, will pass you on through one day. Are you ready for that day? Will he assign you to go off to the right with the sheep or off to the left with the, with the goats saying, I never knew you. Depart from me. This is the chance for you to surrender to Jesus Christ if you've never done that. And so, as usual, during the singing of our invitation while we're standing, you can step into the aisle. And come down here and we'll pray with you to accept Jesus Christ and make arrangements for your baptism to wash your sins away. Today is the day of salvation, if you'd like to do it. Our invitation song today is I Surrender All. So let's uh, stand, let's sing. And won't you come? All to Jesus I surrender, all to Thee I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him in His presence daily live. I surrender all, I surrender all, all to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. Let's pray. Oh, Lord God of all, we thank You for the the opportunities that each one of us who has their name written in the Lamb's Book of Life had the opportunity to accept Jesus as our Savior. Lord, we thank you that we can see what Solomon is saying in, in this book of Ecclesiastes. And Lord, we, we thank you for the grace that allowed each one of us to fritter away our lives for as long as we did before coming to you, surrendering to your lordship. God, I pray that if there's anyone here who, who has never made a decision, that, that you would go with them, that your Holy Spirit would, would not give them peace in this coming week until they've surrendered to Jesus. And so, Lord, we pray that for those of us who have that you would help us to stand out as examples of your character in our lives. Lord, help us to be a righteous people, to walk in your righteousness and your holiness. We know that's 
the desire of your heart for each one of us. Help us to impact our world, our community, God. Go with us now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Tomorrow at 4.30 is my online prayer service. And uh, then Wednesday is our meal at 5.30. So plan on coming. And if you, if you haven't signed up for Christmas caroling yet and you'd like to do that, put your name on the sign-up sheet over here. All right. Our closing chorus, To God Be the Glory. Just the chorus portion of it. Let's sing that and we'll be dismissed. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give him. Uh, all right, then. God bless you. Have a great week.